Coast to Coast and worldwide, WebmasterRadio.fm presents the best in trade show coverage from around the planet. Welcome to WebmasterRadio.fm's PRSA Primetime, featuring highlights from the Public Relations Society of America International Conference. Learn the latest in public relations strategies from the people in the know. Now, here's your PRSA Primetime host. This is Brandy Shapiro-Babbin with WebmasterRadio.fm, the official radio network for the PRSA, and we are rounding day three uh, at the International Conference here, and I am uh, very happy to have seated with me two people who are extremely knowledgeable and are going to talk about something that I, I believe that everybody should put first and foremost, the only thing you have in this world, people, is your reputation. The only way that you maintain your reputation is with honesty, integrity, and ethics. So I would like to, uh, I'd like to uh, welcome uh, Tom Epps, APR, fellow PRSA from Eric Mower & Associates. He's a fellow, obviously, PRSA. He's on the board of directors, and he's also on uh, the Counselors Academy. And Mary Beth West, APR, of Mary Beth uh, West Consulting out of Maryville, Tennessee. She's got a fabulous accent. And she as well, she's speaking, and she's also an, on the Independent Practitioners Alliance. Welcome, Mary Beth. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here today. I'm excited, and welcome, Tom. Thank you very much. So let's talk about advocacy. You know, we just prior to, just to fill you guys in, so you can pretend like you're eavesdropping, we were having a conversation about ethics and talking about the upcoming elections and, um, you know, the old, the old mentality that PR professionals create a spin and make, it, make things um, dishonest, or, or the impression is that people can be dishonest, and the PRSA now has a code of ethics such that if everyone follows these, we can all stay on the up and up, and no one's going to point a finger at anyone for being dishonest or not portraying uh, the news as it truly is. Can, can you speak to this, Tom? Well, I think a big issue that we've got in America today is that we've created a very cynical population out there. They've been raised with the, uh, the idea that you can't believe a television commercial, you can't believe a politician. It's difficult to believe anything that any authority figure says. And many years ago, I remember when the PR industry, in fact, was focused on teaching people how to deal with the media and to uh, avoid talking about things they didn't want to talk about and shaping messages uh, in a way that may have been less than straightforward. Well, that has changed pretty dramatically because people are realizing that the general public sees right through that. And Tim Russert, in fact, addressed that during the earlier conference meeting today and that people do see right through the, the baloney that a lot of people are spreading out there today. Well, PRSA has uh, some time ago come up with a code of ethics that uh, should all of us choose to abide by it, the uh, use of the word spin would go away. Uh, people would be far more straightforward, and we would re reduce the cynicism that exists out there pretty dramatically. And I think that's a big goal for us is to... Uh, show people that PR is a legitimate, honest, straightforward pres uh, profession and that would people uh, abide by the, the principles there, that it would be a, a, a better place for all of us. Absolutely, and as an organization or a body of people, self-policing. Can you give us the, the foundation of uh, the Code of Ethics for the public relations community? Well, I'd, I guess I'd like to start off first by talking about what the a definition of public relations is because I think that in large part... The American public, and certainly in the business community, there is a lot of confusion about that term, and um, a lot of people boil it down 
into certain tactical kinds of practices, such as what Tom was talking about, uh, as being uh, meant to obfuscate from the truth and to confuse people or to, uh, in that word, spin, which all of us here in PRSA very much deplore. But the, uh, the definition of public relations that I think all of us wish to engage in is that public relations is the ethical practice of managing communications, relationships, and reputation in order to achieve our organization's objectives while also balancing the public good and serving the public good. And that last piece there is a very critical piece of what differentiates public relations from just mere uh, communications and uh, putting forth um, an organization's agenda. And with regard to the Code of Ethics, which PRSA has had for many years now, um, and uh, within the past 10 years, it was it has uh, shifted a bit in focus to uh um, you know, to not not focus so much on enforcement um, from a policing standpoint, but just trying to put that forth to all of our members to engage in ethical communications and to represent um, our clients based on really what their actions are. It's not so much what you say; it's what your organization does, and making sure that public relations has a strategic seat at the table to help drive the right decisions, the operational policies of a company, not just what they say, but what they do that is in keeping with what public expectations are for ethical behavior. Extremely well put. Now, I've got one question. You mentioned communicating with the public for their own good. Could you, could you expand on that, please? Well, you know, certainly a company wants to utilize public relations efforts in order to help sell their products, put forth their point of view, advocate their positions on certain issues. Uh, but all of that has to be done in the context of uh, trying to serve an educational mission for the public and and, and doing so uh, with respect to making sure that you're not uh, d- detracting or taking away from the public's right to information or in any way hurting certain stakeholder groups or failing to meet certain expectations. Now, you can't make everybody happy all of the time, but you do have to bear in mind what societal expectations for uh, ethical behavior are and uh, take that into account in every way that you communicate. So that's in large part what, what that entails. Very well said, Mary Beth. Um, Tom, could you start speaking? You know, I understand that there's the whole code of ethics and every PR professional really should know what those are. But what do you believe are the key essentials, at least to getting on that path that people can use to check themselves? Well, I think it boils down to open and honest communication for everybody. I mean, that's truly the essence of it. uh, Tim Russert shared one story that I thought was fascinating today that I hadn't heard before, and that was that there is a program in Japan that's very similar to Meet the Press, except the audience has these meters that they hold in their hands where they can indicate whether they believe what somebody's saying or not. And uh, it's really funny when somebody starts doing the spin thing, and, and I, c- I can imagine that needle going off the charts with, saying pe- with people saying, I don't believe a word of what you're saying. Tim also mentioned that he, when he talks to his dad after the Meet the Press program every Sunday, uh, his dad will give him some comments on who he thought was a phony or not. Well, that's really the essence of it is it's not good for the country, it's not good for any company, it's not good for any politician to be perceived as a phony. And it, I think that what that requires is that we all get back to thinking about open and honest communications. Now, you may have points of view that are different than somebody else's, but tell people what you think and why, the, why you think the way that you think. And in the end of the day, I think people will be more accepting of you than they will of a phony. 
I, I agree with you 100%. I mean, in my silliness here, I, you know, I believe people exude energy. And when you exude an energy that's honest, people are going to be drawn to you. And when you're creating hype, even if you believe in it, that they're, they're going to see through that as well. Now, so let me ask you a question, because it has been potentially, and you know, in the industry, it was, it's about the spin, and it's about protecting what you believe the reputation to be and not letting information get leaked out. Um, how, how, do you, how can you help people um, from drinking their own Kool-Aid? Right, because sometimes like they don't realize they're being phony. Well, well, I think one piece of that, and one part of our code, the code of ethics, is free flow of information, and um, certainly some information has to be, you know, that is proprietary or has to be held confidentially within an organization. But you have to utilize information in a way that is again, meeting those societal expectations for how a company should behave. If a company is harboring information that should be in um, the public domain, for example, where the um, health and safety and well-being of human lives of a community, for example, or other stakeholder group is held in the balance, then that is a decision that has to be made by that company. And good public relations is going to drive uh, a decision uh, toward a company safeguarding those human lives and uh, um, putting forth information that will probably, you know, facilitate that. So um, that's just one example where the code really comes into practice from a decision-making standpoint and uh, really has to be upheld. And I agree. I think that, uh, and tell me if you agree, I think that people are a lot more forgiving when you're forthright with them, like Dell, you know, know, with, with the Dell computers, and they just... You know, we're sorry. All we can do is is do our best to try to fix things and make them better. And and do you find that in your profession that if you're forthright with people, they'll give you a better, not only will they give you another chance, but maybe you'll even gain, you know, uh, brand loyalty or market loyalty? No, I don't think there's any question about it. And sometimes being forthright also means saying that, you know, I'm not able to talk about that right now. But that's very different from trying to spin it in such a way that that uh, somebody knows that you're a phony and you're really hiding something. Uh, it's okay to say I can't talk about something or that that um, uh, there are good reasons for that. Uh, oftentimes you can share the reasons that you can't talk and people will be very understanding of that. Or trying to shift the blame elsewhere. I mean, that's that's obviously obviously when blame should not <laughs> uh, when blame should not be shifted, and, and your organization should take accountability for things. And not only should you be telling um, the public that you are sorry about something that has happened, uh, any kind of mishap, but how are you going to fix it? You know, what steps specifically are you going to take? That's one key element of communicating in the wake of a crisis that all companies should bear in mind, that they should be specific about what they're doing. That's how you regain trust. That's how you regain confidence. And that's also, I mean, really, like you said, free flow of information, because today, unfortunately, if, if you have a crisis, you know, within your company, it used to be you had, you know, hours or weeks before you know a story hit and now it's moments for you to respond and sometimes the public knows about something before the, the, the company actually does how how do you suggest that people handle things like that or, or maybe information that's been leaked internally um, to the press how, do, how does how does one handle that from an ethical standpoint well it goes back to the old boy scout motto be prepared 
I mean, a lot of people are, are struck completely by surprise when anything happens. And, and uh, I think research shows, in fact, we were part of a, a recent study that showed in the business-to-business marketplace, um, something like 57% of executives have experienced a crisis sometime within the last couple of years. But more than half of them have not even produced a crisis communications plan to deal with those kinds of issues. Uh, it's very important, as you mentioned, with the speed of communications these days, that uh, you're you're evaluated on your credibility by how quickly you're able to respond to any kind of crisis that comes up. And the more time that goes by uh, without you getting out in front of people and being very transparent and open with them, the worse it's going to be for the company. But still, many people are not as prepared as they need to be. Uh, far more, far better prepared than they used to be, but there's still a lot of room to to go. Now, Mary Bath, let's continue on this conversation with advocacy in regard to how the how the PRSA is working to help elevate the reputation of um, the profession in whole. Well, Tom Epps and I have been working on the Advocacy Advisory Board of PRSA, which was formed several years ago, about five or six years ago, with the express purpose of helping to enhance uh, the level of public understanding about what public relations is exactly. And that's why you know, I was talking earlier about just a definition of public relations, and certainly there are many. But um, one of the key purposes of our advocacy effort in PRSA is to make sure that people understand what public relations is, what it is not, what it is not intended to be, and uh, responding in a very proactive way to issues and, uh, uh, you know, different uh, pieces of news that come out in the media that place public relations in a light that um, only puts forth that unethical view of it and um, unethical understanding of what best what constitutes best practices, for example. So our committee um, this year, and as in previous years, has worked to respond to issues that we see arise in the media where public relations is not utilized effectively. Decision making is, uh, with respect to public relations, is not brought to bear um, in a in a way that is in keeping with our code of ethics, for example. And speaking out about that, writing letters to the editor, uh, sending out media advisories uh, to uh, position PRSA to speak on those types of topics and so forth, and uh, trying to engage our um, CEO, Rhoda Weiss, this year. She's been highly effective in talking to the media about um, issues uh, that are going on, especially in the business community, uh, where there are uh, large-scale public relations implications. So that is what our advocacy group has been doing. We're working at the chapter level and in local markets to help chapters mobilize to uh, be able to talk about public relations and what we do, again, what we don't do, and what constitutes our code of ethics in more proactive and more vocal ways. We uh, are in a particularly critical uh, period right now. Over the next 12 months, you're going to see a a presidential campaign unfold in which you're going to see more spin than you normally see in any four-year period. You're going to see more negativity, more uh, attack communications, uh, uh, more of the kinds of things that people really don't like to see. And it brings a, a very bad light on public relations because people think that in the PR business that's considered appropriate, that that's an okay thing to do. Well, our advocacy team is very focused uh, on making sure that people understand what appropriate public relations is over the next 12 months while this is going on. And we're going to be working hard to try to improve the quality of dialogue, whether it's in Washington or on the campaign trail, and to hold some of these people accountable. And it'll be a great opportunity for us to communicate what good public relations is and to point out the characters who are not so good. 
so it's, it's a great opportunity coming up while we still have to listen to a lot of the, the bad stuff going on. Absolutely. It'll make a phenomenal case study going forward because there'll be, you know, extremely, you know, pointed areas of which you can reflect back to and can be applied to all industries across the board. So you can really hold people's feet to the fire. One important thing that I would add to that is that every public relations practitioner, whether they're a PRSA member or not, if, if you have public relations on your business card or if that in fact is what you engage in in your in your business life each of us has a responsibility to to be ethical and to uh, you know to to comport our professional lives in such a way that we are leading our organizations to to follow some type of code of ethics hopefully it's the PRSA code of ethics and all of us have that responsibility and unfortunately of course our media light is always shown on so many people out there who are not engaging in the practice ethically and uh, they're the ones that get all the attention and for and um, because of that they tend to be put forth as the example of what public relations is so I would just encourage all of your listeners who are in this field to just be mindful of their individual responsibility that they have each of us has it's not just members of PRSA it's not just people who are on the advocacy committee doing a lot of this more proactive uh, engagement but it's all of our responsibility. Yeah, that's terrific. I, I, what I'd like to see us do, for chances, um, at, a, at a later date, but not too later, is do a roundtable discussion. Um, you know, on Webmaster Radio, we can feature it on Cover Story because I think it's a really important conversation, and I think that everyone is on the advocacy committee for a different reason because you, you know because your heart is really focused. So I'd love to see sort of like the whole come together and bring in, you know, perchance a couple of people that have maybe stepped over the line. Um, and put them to task, because that would be fun. Um, <laughs> so, Tom, you worked on a study with B2B Magazine. Let's talk about some of your findings, please. Yeah, our, our firm, Eric Moore Associates, jointly did a study with B2B Magazine on the issue of crises, and uh, there were a number of interesting facts that came out of that. One of those was that 53% of business executives said they've experienced a crisis leading to negative news coverage, declining sales, or reduced profitability. Fifty-seven percent of those said their company does not have a crisis plan, which means they're ill-prepared for anything that might come up. Uh, some of the interesting things that came out of that regarding the, the types of issues that, that drive uh, negative news coverage or problems with a company, uh, the biggest driver of a crisis, they said, were layoffs. Fifty-five percent said they've experienced a crisis that affected the business uh, because of layoffs. Next on the list was uh, operational service failures. Forty-five percent have experienced that. Uh, the next one was legal or ethical problems. Interesting, based on what we've been talking about with the advocacy. Thirty-three percent said they've they've experienced a, a negative impact on their business because of legal or ethical problems. Thirty-two percent uh, experienced a crisis because of competitive attacks from a uh, competitor in the business and negative word of mouth. Uh, again, a major public relations issue uh, to deal with. Uh, when you when you look at what the impact of those crises uh, can be, uh, the, the top one is uh, negative stories that would occur in the news media. Seventy-five percent saw that as the biggest uh, problem uh, that resulted from a crisis. Uh, employee morale declining was listed by 65 percent as the biggest is one of the biggest issues, and you can imagine what a reduction in in productivity based on employee morale declining can do to a company. 
uh, troubles with customers, 52% said they experienced troubles with customers as a result of a, uh, a crisis that clearly impacts business. Litigation and regulatory action resulted oftentimes from that. 47% said they had experienced litigation or regulatory action as a result of a crisis. And the last one at 47% was decreased sales. A crisis can uh, uh, dramatically impact sales, and for 47% they'd seen that actually happen. Uh, so crises uh, do have a major impact on a business, and I think you even had some numbers on um, on what the actual monetary impact uh, may result from that. Yeah, Mary Beth? Uh, right. Uh, on the presentation that I uh, gave earlier yesterday, uh, one of the stati- key statistics is that for every $1 invested in crisis preparedness, a company can expect to receive a $7 return in terms of business continuity impact when a disaster strikes. So if you're prepared, then you are going to see a return on that dollar investment sevenfold. So you may be spending the money today, but it's an investment, it's an insurance policy to the future. And I think people really need to look at it as an insurance policy to the future. I would love to continue uh, having a conversation with you, but this is a good teaser for our listening audience because we're absolutely and positively going to have the both of you back, whether you like it or not. Uh, (laughs) Tom Epps, fellow PRSA uh, with Eric Mower and Associates, also on the board of directors on, got a lot of ribbons. I watch... Lots of ribbons. He's a very, yes, very ribbon, very debonair, very ribbony guy, as are, as are you, but you don't have as pretty ribbons as he does. Yeah, he's got prettier ribbons than you. And Mary Beth West, Mary Beth West Consulting, thank you to the both of you for your awesome work and contribution to the industry. Lots of good information. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure. Thank you very much. Yay, rock on. This is Brandy Shapiro-Babin, filling your mind with good information. This has been PRSA Primetime, featuring highlights from the Public Relations Society of America International Conference, only on webmasterradio.fm. We're everywhere.